Welcome, everyone. Thanks for coming to worship with us today. My name is Melissa Kiefer, and if you're keeping track, this is episode 48. Hello also to our friends online. People are watching from all over the world hearing the good news of Jesus because of the greater spaces online that we're creating. This service will be available online this week on our YouTube and Facebook channels, as well as our Maison podcast, which can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts online. The last thing is we don't collect an offering in this service, but you can use the Church Center app if you'd like to give. All we're gonna say about that is there's no way we could be doing any of these things without the generous support of people like you. If you support the Maison Mission, we can continue to make greater spaces for people to hear and experience the good news of Jesus. For those watching online, giving links will be posted at the end of the program. Thank you. Well, I know every one of you here, so I'm not gonna introduce myself. Um, I am Levi, uh, I'm the lead teaching pastor here. I just introduced myself, even though I said I wasn't gonna do it. And in just a few minutes, I'm gonna talk to you about hope. And it's, it's a little bit ironic. Many of you know that I love to play disc golf and I actually played in a disc golf tournament this weekend, which I haven't been able to do much of in like three or four years. And so I had high hopes and I, you know, of them handing me a giant trophy and a big check at the end of this, but it did not go that way this weekend. It just absolutely did not go that way. And as I was finishing up my round, I was fortunate enough to be uh, in a group with a guy that I play with fairly often. And uh, we were teeing off on the last hole. And I looked at him and he knows that I'm a preacher. And I said, dude, in like three hours, I have to talk about hope after this. <laughs> and he just looked at me, he shook his head. We were both kind of having uh, the same kind of experience on the disc golf course. But before we get to hope, um, many of you, maybe you've been in church long enough to know that uh, Kevin talked about Advent and had the, the Christian calendar. And the church that I grew up in, we didn't talk much about Advent. All I knew about Advent was that basically in December, they would put uh, some candles up in the front of the church and there was a wreath around them. And then they would try to get some volunteers to come up and read something that was on a paper. And they're always passing the microphone back and forth. And it, it was kind of cool. That's about all that I knew of Advent. Um, if you grew up in like maybe an Episcopal church or uh, Presbyterian or Methodist, maybe you were more familiar with these, these seasons of the year, but this is a season of the year. And we have other seasons that maybe we don't name, but as the fall begins to arrive, it's college football season. When you live in a city like Gainesville, all of a sudden the rhythms of your life begin to revolve some around Saturdays? And is this a noon game or is this a late game? And you know exactly what I'm talking about. We have these rhythms that happen. And if you have kids who are involved in different things, you have uh, a baseball season and a basketball season and a dance season. And within the dance season, you have like a sub season of when it's getting close to a performance and there's fittings and all of this stuff. So we have these seasons that kind of dictate our time. And Advent is one of those seasons. And it's very similar to like January 1st when you're looking at a, a calendar because it's the beginning of a new church year. All right. And so that actually started last week. And we're in this weird kind of place where it's like, do we bring an Advent candle out here and it's windy and all the candles get blown out and people are distracted by it? So we, we didn't do that. 
But last week was the beginning of Advent, and this week is the second week of Advent. And um, is the word Advent itself, uh, I looked it up, just not a, like a Christianese version of it, but the word Advent means the arrival of a notable person, thing, or event. So it's the arrival of a notable person, thing, or event. And so basically, in the church today, when we enter into the Advent season, we're, we're anticipating two different arrivals, okay? One is the one that's pretty obvious. It's baby Jesus, right? And we celebrate his arrival on December 25th. Even we, we don't actually think he was born on that day, but that's when we celebrate it, and it's okay. But uh, we, we kind of gear ourselves up every year to anticipate the birth of Jesus. Even though it happened like 2,000 years ago, we, we do this Advent, we anticipate the arrival of Jesus every single year. But there's also a second Advent that we are actually living out right now in real time. And that is, we believe that Christ is going to return a second time and that he is going to set things right and he is going to reconcile all of creation unto himself. And so we're actually living that out. We don't have to psych ourselves out. We don't have to do little calendars for that. We're living it every single day. We're waiting on Jesus to return, set things right, reconcile all of creation unto himself. And so the season of Advent is a season when we actively wait, all right? I'm gonna dig into that in a minute. We're actively wait in anticipation of these arrivals of Jesus. I don't know if you know this, but there are a couple different kinds of waiting. There is passive waiting, and you do this when you go to the DMV, okay? You walk in. If you did not make a, an appointment and, and have a little, you know, time to be there, you just walk in, you take the little number, and do you know what they tell you? Take the number and have a seat, all right, have a seat. That's passive. There's nothing to do in that moment except kill some time. Going to the doctor's office is passive waiting, right? You go in, you sign your name on the thing, and they say, have a seat, and you sit there for like 40 minutes, right? And then they call your name, and you're like, this is great. I'm about to see the doctor. But that's not altogether true, is it? Because you're going to go, and you're going to sit in a, a, a room by yourself, and they don't even have magazines in those rooms half the time, and so you're just really just sitting there, just killing time, just waiting for the doctor uh, to come in and see you. This is, this is passive waiting. I have a friend whose daughter posted a picture. Uh, they're from Texas online this week. Uh, she was at the DMV outside, and get this, 4.30 in the morning. She was there at 4.30 in the morning because if you don't get there at 4.30 in the morning to get a spot in the front of the line when they open at 8, if you show up at 8, you will be there until the end of the day. All right, so she hedged her bets and said, I'm gonna get up in the middle of the night. I'm gonna go to the DMV. It was 46 degrees outside and she keep posting these pictures of herself like freezing to death. Uh, that, that is passive waiting. There's nothing to do. It's, it's kind of miserable. Now, active waiting is actually all around us this time of year, as we anticipate the arrival of December 25th, we begin to see things change. It used to happen after Thanksgiving. In my neighborhood this year, it was like middle of October, all right? Things began to change. Um, things began to show up. The little tents, the little white tents that show up on street corners, and then they fill them with Christmas trees, those begin to show up. If you have an attic, you take the Rubbermaids. In our house, you take the Rubbermaids full of the Christmas decorations uh, out of the attic. The lights begin to show up on the outside of the homes. Christmas trees are bought. They're decorated. The, uh, what are the little socks called? 
the stockings, that's right. The, those holders, they, they go up uh, on the mantle. The Christmas lists are made by kids. Uh, I don't know in your house, but the elf on the shelf showed up for a few years um, in, in our house. And we are invested in waiting for the arrival of Christmas. We don't just, it's not the passive waiting. We're not sitting, killing time, just waiting for December 25th to get here. We are invested in it. I remember as a kid, we did this for a few years. We got construction paper and we cut these strips and then we stapled them together and we made like a a chain out of uh, the paper. And every single day we would fight, me and my sisters, over who got to tear the paper at the end of the day, right? Because you're going to tear it off. And then the chain got shorter and shorter and shorter, you know? And now we talk about it's this many sleeps, you know, until Christmas. I'm, I remember doing that with my kids. But there's this anticipation and we are actively waiting for December 25th. And to me, it's really cool because there are people that are participating in this and they don't even realize that they're participating. They are actively anticipating. They're actively waiting for Jesus to arrive. And so um, each of the four weeks of Advent are, are marked with a theme, peace, joy, hope, and love. And so we're reminded during Advent that we can actively wait for the arrival of Jesus and pursue being people of joy, peace, hope, and love. We don't just have to sit and wait. We can live into these themes, not just during Advent, but actually all year long. And so this week, we are going to focus on hope. And I think it's appropriate. And I was digging into this. Uh, I realized that, that one of my favorite YouTube channels has already done a really great, concise job of explaining a hope. And uh, these guys are as smart as I want to be, right? And it's why they have a YouTube channel that gets millions of hits because they're really good at what they do. And so uh, we're going to watch this together. And then uh, I'm going to share a thought uh, when they finish. So let's say you want to describe the feeling of anticipating a future that's better than the present. You might be giddy or excited or maybe unsure, but most of us know that experience. We call it hope. It's a state of anticipation and it's crucial for healthy human existence. And it's a really important concept in the Bible. In fact, there are many words for hope in the ancient languages of the Bible and they're all fascinating. In the Old Testament, there are two main Hebrew words translated as hope. The first is yachal, which means simply to wait for. Like in the story of Noah and the ark, as the floodwaters recede, Noah had to yachal for weeks. The other Hebrew word is kava, which also means to wait. It's related to the Hebrew word kav, which means cord. When you pull a kav tight, you produce a state of tension until there's release. That's kava, the feeling of tension and expectation while you wait for something to happen. The prophet Isaiah depicts God as a farmer who plants vines and kavahs for good grapes. Or the prophet Micah talks about farmers who both kavah and yachal for morning dew to give moisture to the land. So in biblical Hebrew, hope is about waiting or expectation. But waiting for what? In the period of Israel's prophets, as the nation was sinking into self-destruction, Isaiah said, At this moment, the Lord's hiding his face from Israel, so I will kavah for him. The only hope Isaiah had in those dark days was the hope for God himself. You find the same notion of hope all over the book of Psalms where these words appear over 40 times. In almost every case, what people are waiting for is God. 
Like in Psalm 130, the poet cries out from a pit of despair, I kavah for the Lord, let Israel yachal for the Lord, because he's loyal and will redeem Israel from its sins. Biblical hope is based on a person, which makes it different from optimism. Optimism is about choosing to see in any situation how circumstances could work out for the best. But biblical hope is not focused on circumstances. In fact, hopeful people in the Bible often recognize there's no evidence things will get better, but you choose hope anyway. Like the prophet Hosea, he lived in a dark time when Israel was being oppressed by foreign empires, and he chose hope when he said God could turn this valley of trouble into a door of hope, like the day when Israel came up from the land of Egypt. God had surprised his people with redemption back in the days of the Exodus, and he could do so again. So it's God's past faithfulness that motivates hope for the future. You look forward by looking backward, trusting in nothing other than God's character. It's like the poet of Psalm 39 who says, And now, O Lord, what else can I kavah for? You are my yachal. In the New Testament, the earliest followers of Jesus cultivated the similar habit of hope. They believed that Jesus' life, death, and resurrection was God's surprising response to our slavery to evil and death. The empty tomb opened up a new door of hope. And they used the Greek word elpis to describe this anticipation. The Apostle Peter said that Jesus' resurrection opened up a living hope that people can be reborn to become new and different kinds of humans. More than once, the Apostle Paul says the good news about Jesus announces the elpis of glory. In both cases, this elpis is based on a person, the risen Jesus, who has overcome death. And this hope wasn't just for humans. The apostles believed that what happened to Jesus in the resurrection was a foretaste of what God had planned for the whole universe. In Paul's words, it's a hope that creation itself will be liberated from slavery to corruption into freedom when God's children are glorified. So Christian hope is bold, waiting for humanity and the whole universe to be rescued from evil and death. And some would say it's crazy, and maybe it is. But biblical hope isn't optimism based on the odds. It's a choice to wait for God to bring about a future that's as surprising as a crucified man rising from the dead. Christian hope looks back to the risen Jesus in order to look forward. And so we wait. That's what the biblical words for hope are all about. Those guys took like four minutes and 37 seconds to do what would take me about an hour, all right? So you should just thank those guys. Um, and, and I'm not going to repeat everything they said. Uh, I'm going to post that video. I've watched it like five or six times. And every single time I've watched it, there's something else about it. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, that, that's so true. That's so true. Um, and I'm not going to summarize it. I just want to share one thought um, on hope. This idea of looking forward by looking backward is so timely. Uh, in the video, they said, it's God's past faithfulness that motivates hope for the future. You look forward by looking backwards, trusting in nothing other than God's character. And so I would say that part of our active waiting for the arrival of Jesus is to look backward and look backwards at God's faithfulness in order to move forward. And I feel like I have accidentally done that 
this year. Our family is not unlike uh, any other family, and 2020 and 2021 have just been this, I don't know, if you could ever just take a whiteout, you know, and just like white something out and be like, oh, can we get a redo on that? I mean, there was just some really difficult circumstances. We were talking this year, both kids are playing soccer. And I'm like, I don't remember coming to this school last year. She's like, yeah, our kids were quarantined. <laughs> you know, I felt like we were always getting these calls saying, oh, your, your child has been exposed. They have to stay home, you know? And so it was just, it was just a lot. And uh, I remember uh, I was talking with Heather and I said, what a difference uh, a year makes. And I was looking back to 14 years ago we had made a big cross-country move to do God's work, right? We were really excited. We were going to start this new church. Things were going to be great, except they weren't. We made this big move, and it felt like the bottom just dropped out of our world. Uh, the church was not growing. I mean, I had had youth groups that were bigger than the church. Uh, it was... Uh, it was just not good. We had two mortgages and uh, we were blowing through savings. And uh, I remember looking at Heather and saying, it seems like if we're doing the right thing, then like maybe some good things should happen to us. And as we were struggling, uh, I was depressed and angry and, and frustrated uh, 14 years ago. But I looked at Heather just a few weeks ago and I said, you know, I have to think really hard. I have to concentrate and I have to remember how hard that was because life hasn't been that hard every step of the way. I look back 14 years ago and say, yeah, that was really hard, but I have to think really hard to remember just how hard it was and how frustrated and angry and, and depressed <laughs> I was during that season because God was faithful. For me to say out loud to my wife that I know we will look back on this season, 2021, 20, 20, these 24 months, and have to remember how hard that it was is really a gift from the past because it is a gift of God's faithfulness. And it's where we place our hope in knowing that the final word hasn't been spoken in the present situation that we find ourselves in. Uh, I was talking uh, to a friend yesterday and I was asking him about this certain dynamic uh, within his life. And he shared with me that it, it was different than it was a year ago. And I actually looked at him and I said, well, that's really different than it was a year ago. And then he began to recount to me, oh yeah, back then it was this and it was this and it was this and we don't do those things anymore. And I said, well, that's a lot of progress in a year. And it really was. It, and so we can practice hope by looking backwards so that we can move forward because we are reminded of God's faithfulness. The poet says in Psalm 39, and now, O Lord, who else can I kavah hope for? You are my yakal, my hope. And so we are literally living those, those three chords, that, that tension right there. Like we are living in that tension right now. And when we have our hope properly placed, that's where we begin to live into the fullness of life that is offered to us. And so one of the ways that we can actively wait in the season of Advent and prepare for Christ's return is to tell the stories of moving forward in life by looking backward and seeing God's faithfulness. So I encourage you to do this as a practice sometime this week. Maybe this season isn't difficult for your family, or maybe you have just come through it, but I encourage you to look back 
to the seasons that seemed hopeless. And hopeless is when you're in this season that feels like it's never going to end. It never does. Remember that. Remember how it felt and tell that story. Even if it's just within your family, tell that story because that is hope. This is this hope that we are talking about. And so Kevin, um, I'm going to ask him to come. He's going to play some mood music, right? Um, He's just going to strum the guitar for a moment because I have a few questions that are going to come up on the screen and we're not going to drag this out forever. Uh, The question will be up there in about 45 seconds. There'll be another question. I want us to just meditate for just a couple of minutes on this idea of hope and like, where is our hope? Have, Have we placed our hope in a person or have we placed it somewhere else? Have we placed it on... I'm not even going to go there because I think we all know the substitutes for the person of Jesus and where we can place our hope. So I'm going to pray and then we're going to reflect and meditate. And I I think we have a closing song uh, as well. God, I'm so thankful um, for this season of Advent where we kind of gear ourselves up for baby Jesus to arrive. (laughs) And it's happened like 2,000 times, but it just never gets old. And it's like the whole world is involved in this and doesn't even really realize it. When the the lights go up, it represents the light coming into the darkness and the trees and and all the stuff. And I know that we can bicker and complain that it's become too commercialized and maybe it has God, but would you allow us to see the beauty of the world lighting up for a season? And this year in particular, and even last year, God, it's like people just can't wait long enough. Like. We can't wait till after Thanksgiving. Father, maybe that's a reflection of people feeling hopeless. And this season gives some hope. And so, Father, I pray for those in our community that are in that that hopeless situation that doesn't feel like it's going to change. It doesn't feel like it's going to get any better. It doesn't feel like life is going to move forward. Father, I pray that they would just hold on, that, that their hope would be in you. And not that everything's just going to turn out great and that there's no problems because that's not the life that we're promised. But you are faithful. You continue to provide just enough. You continue to be there. You continue to sustain. So Father, may we be people who place our hope in Jesus and not in ourselves and not in our careers and our paychecks and the political parties that we support, but in you because you are the faithful one that invites us into new life. And so, Father, may we anticipate that this season. Would you be with us in these next few moments? Would you clear our heads? Would you open our hearts? Would you speak to our spirit as we meditate on these questions and the words that we've heard tonight? In Christ's name we pray. Amen. So let's participate in Advent in telling the stories of when we look back so that we can move forward that tell the story of God's faithfulness. This is hope in action. Go in his grace and in his peace. We have a couple of announcements before you go. So hold on one second. <laughs> so just a
couple reminders. First of all, you know, it's going to be 2022 like the day after tomorrow. So I just want us to take a quick second to think about all the big church things that our little church did in 2021. So we've partnered with Stephen Foster Elementary. We provided meals for Family Promise families. We have supported Partnership for Strong Families in their drive to make sure all the foster children in the county get Christmas presents. And we're also supporting mission efforts in Haiti. So I really want everyone in this next month to take some time to think about what you want Maison to participate in next year. What kinds of organizations would you like us to support? What kinds of activities would you like us to do? And a great place to talk about that is our Maison Mission community Facebook page. So there's the regular Maison Mission Facebook page where the messages get posted. And then there's also a Maison Mission community page that any member can post on. It's mostly me right now, but you know, you guys can put some stuff too. <laughs> so I put a post up this afternoon to ask you guys to think about what you want us to do because this is Maison Mission, right? It's not Melissa Mission. So I just want to make sure that we're getting everybody involved and getting everybody's interests supported. And thank you so much for everything you've done in the last year to make Maison a big part of our community. And we hope you'll join us next week online or at a house church as we continue this series, series title, <laughs> it's blank in my, Advent, oh, Advent. <laughs> um, if you're interested in hosting a house church or if you'd like to get involved, uh, we'd love to get you connected. Just email us info at maisonmission.com or email one of the pastors, Levi at maisonmission.com or you know, Kevin at maisonmission.com and we can get you connected. And then our next gathering will be January 9th at Cypress and Grove, Grove Brewing. You do not have to bring your own chair. They have chairs there. So it's very exciting. And you can get a, a beverage before or after and maybe something from a food truck. So thank you so much for being here. We hope you have a fantastic week. And, and now you can leave. <laughs>